Hello, welcome to America This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi. And I'm Walter Kern. Walter, I have improved equipment. Not only that, you have an improved backdrop instead of, uh, you know, Rolling Stone posters hanging askew on your wall and a, a drum kit that makes you look like you're an extra in Wayne's world. <laughs> I am an extra in Wayne's world. <laughs> that was me doing this in the movie. <laughs> Have you have you seen the effect of you in front of the red curtain? Have yes, you, it's kind of iconic, Matt. <laughs> it, it, it's it's kind of a troll, actually. I mean, I it, it would be if if there was a little you know star on that uh, curtain or something, <laughs> it would be you know better. But we I got mean, a neon sign coming, Walter. It's going to get better. You look like state media. In a, <laughs> you look like state media in the state that I would try to emigrate from. You know. Uh, yeah, I, I was, I was, I was talking to to my wife the other last night, and I was like, "It's yeah, it, it's it's a it's a little bit like strip club meets you know Mobutu Sese Seiko or something like that, right? Like it's it's got a little or Maybe Malaysia. I don't know. What like what's what's the country I'm I'm, I'm going for here? I guess it would have to be a communist Red one, right? China, dude. China, <laughs> yeah. yeah. China. No, you you look like a captured airman. Uh, <laughs> you look like the Manchurian candidate. Awesome. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, if, if Lawrence Harvey had stayed in North Korea and, and made broadcasts. Uh, Walter, you're the kindest, gentlest, uh, warmest <laughs> man I've ever met. Uh, did I get that right line right? Yeah, I can't remember. It makes me laugh every time I see it. So um. You've leapfrogged the other podcasters as far as I'm concerned. You know, they all have these sort of man caves where they have, you know, little trophies and funny meat framed memes and bottles of bourbon and uh, things like that. Um, but you just went straight for, uh, you know, World War II propaganda <laughs> uh, master. Um, I should almost put like, uh, we, we, should, uh, we should almost stitch like racket, but in, in Russian uh, behind us. Uh, that would be really funny. In yellow letters or something like that with a star. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna put a lot of um, pomade and pomade or pomade in my hair <laughs> and comb it very severely. A max um, headroom type thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Max headroom. Sit up very straight, and I'm maybe going to have a, a brown curtain. Mm. I, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna go for it. I'll have a brown one. That's um, good. To Matt. To match my tan, uh, camouflage, you know. Perfect. No, gray, actually steel gray, uh, mm. steel gray background. And uh, I'll try yep. to confine myself to single syllable, syllable words and short sentences. And Maybe we can get you, know. you a suit with like neon pinstriping or something like that too. That would be, it, that would be exactly. fantastic. Yeah. If they're not going to have state media, let's, you know, l- Let's masquerade as straight media. Let's absolutely. Scare the, let's scare the hell out of people. Here's what's coming. Uh, you know what we should do is we should have a a crawl along the bottom that just has like ongoing announcements in some language about like you know which hut to report to for duty right. for you know um, right. 
that kind of thing. I think Agricultural output. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think it's going to be the D- Gadsden flag. Isn't that what it's called? The, the rattlesnake, don't tread on me. Oh, um, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 But People... it'll be in, mm-hmm. in psychedelic colors. You know? Right, right. Yes, yeah. exactly. People will, of course, get the wrong idea about that and think you're, uh, you know, a dangerous uh, insurrectionist and all, and all right, those things, which right. you, you might be, actually. I mean, I'm, how well do we really know each other, actually? Uh, I, I'm actually not. I, 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 I'm mistaken for one, though, and that's what concerns me sometimes. Um, well, you know, all it takes is one overzealous officer to make that, you know, make that error. and. Uh, right. You know, I have read have, the Bible. That that that's a strike against me, and uh, that uh, adds the, that that's a uh, a demerit in the algorithmic <laughs> bucket. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, I've I've read the Bible too. I I actually tried to to do. I, I tried to rewrite it once um, as like a a sort of more readable, humorous version of what of what's actually happening in these passages. I got, I think I got to like Genesis 28 or something like that. Um, or I may have gotten all the way through Genesis. I, 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 it was a while ago. Uh, I think it was a pretty it. strong piece of writing if I, if, I, if I go back and find it. Well, um, you know, Tolstoy did that too. Um, did he? At, le- at least in the New Testament. Um, um, well, maybe he didn't. Jefferson definitely did. Jefferson rewrote the Bible or he edited it. Hmm. Um, and I actually wrote an ebook years ago, uh, which was a commentary on the book of Genesis and Exodus in the oh yeah in the kind of spirit of Mark Twain. Um, nice, yeah. Nice. And uh, but it's funny. I set out to make fun of the Bible, and I started to see some of its uh, some of its points. Um, it, it 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 grew on me. Um, it, as a child, it was compulsory. And uh, as an adult, I've started to see our times as an extension of biblical uh, problems, not not prophecies, but we seem to, you know, we've got the Tower of Babel and AI, uh, Mm. uh, cities that might be destroyed in various ways, like Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, it's It's a book that's full of action, and you don't realize that as a kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some of those parables, they're basically the same story written 19 different ways, but uh, I love the language in it. I mean, Revelations is my favorite, you know, with lines like the seven golden bowls full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. Um, You know, the thing I love about Revelation is that the numbers are so specific, Mm. you know, Um, it's always seven or 12 or 13 or something. Um, Right. And I'm always trying to visualize the monsters of the Bible. You know, they they have a head like a lion and wings like a, <laughs> you know, eagle and things like this. And it was an early comic book, I've decided. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, with some lists. It's sort of like a comic book with Excel spreadsheets about, like, you know, genealogy and stuff like that. Right, um, right. But, yeah, it, 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 it's a strong, strong piece of work. I, you know, I, we, we should go back to it. Um, maybe yeah. we should do a biblical commentary podcast. Yeah. That would be fun. I, I, I could do it, actually. Right off the top of my head, it's one of the few things I know a little bit about. Really? Yeah. yeah. 
So I couldn't I couldn't do the Old Testament. Could I mean I went to Catholic school, so I can do the New Testament, but uh, I I couldn't do the Old Testament. I find the New Testament repetitive. It's all about healings. Mm. Um, it, it, it's about healings and persecutions, basically. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I was reading the Book of Acts this morning, and you know Paul just got thrown in jail by Felix for another two years. Um, it, it, it's it's about guys sailing around city to city, um, being persecuted, uh, and keeping the faith. Uh, and then suddenly there comes revelation, which all, with all this you know exotic uh, apocalyptic action to make up for. You know, yeah, it's like walk. a Michael Bay movie at the end, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, it's got that sort of you know, uh, you know, sort of Hamlet meets uh you know 80s teen movie thing with jesus for a while right you know he kind of he kind of does that uh you know woe is me i haven't figured out the world yet even though i'm young and beautiful that that, that whole thing uh goes on for a while and then it's just like blood and guts and, right. and killing um and it but it ended on a cliffhanger um or you know the promise of a final battle which has probably been one of the most in some ways, destructive processes uh, in Western history that we're always waiting for this, um, you know, series of uh, you know, floods and fires and earthquakes and so on. Um, but, you know, we're making progress. We're getting there. I was going to say that's kind of a perfect segue into one of the topics of this week. Um, well, why don't I just read from, let's, let's start with a BBC news story from yesterday, uh, or today, actually. Uh, this being Thursday, this, yeah. this was coming out tomorrow. Uh, mm -hmm. So today is December 7th, uh, Pearl Harbor Day, right? Is that right? Yep. yep. So this is a, uh, Ukraine, a BBC story called Ukraine Aid from U.S. in Doubt After Failed Senate Vote. And I'll just read some, some of the text. Senate Republicans have blocked a move to pass an aid bill for Ukraine after failing to secure border compromises they sought in exchange. The $110 billion package included $61 billion for Ukraine, as well as funds for Israel and aid for Gaza. The White House has warned that U.S. funds for Ukraine could soon run out. The Ukrainian official said that failure to secure more U.S. aid would mean, quote, a very high possibility, unquote, that the war would will be lost to Russia. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, and this prompts, Walter, a, a series of comments from uh, the, the White House. Should we start with Kirby or Biden? What's, what's, what's your well, what's let, Let's start with Biden, because I think Kirby is kind of... Uh trying to expand or, or react to those first comments. Takes Ukraine, he won't stop there. It's important to see the long run here. He's gonna keep going. He's made that pretty clear. If Putin attacks a NATO ally, if he keeps going, and then he attacks a NATO ally, where we've committed as a NATO member that we defend every inch of NATO territory, then we'll have something that we don't seek and that we don't have today. American troops fighting Russian troops. American troops fighting Russian troops if he moves into other parts of NATO. Okay. I I found that a little the coherence factor on that 
was middling. I don't know. Yeah. What exactly yeah. was he saying there? Because my thought on Ukraine is that it's not a NATO member. Um, but I right. guess he's sort of by proxy saying, you know, we're planning on admitting it or, or whatever it is. And what's he saying? Exactly. Oh, that's not how I heard it. I heard it that if he takes Ukraine, mm. that then it's possible he'll uh, go up directly against a NATO member, at which point Russian troops and American troops will fight, which has been, of course, true. Um, uh, hypothetically, always, always uh, since the foundation of NATO, uh, if if Russia attacks NATO, it's going to be Russian and American troops. So uh, that's not really news, but that it's thought worthy of being of a, of a reminder is news, I suppose. Um, and uh, you know, once again, I don't think it struck fear into anyone but America to hear that. Because uh, you know the, the notion of someone who can barely explain what's possible, uh, being the commander in chief of these American troops, um, does send chills down my spine. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I guess the the rest of the world probably is more freaked out about. I mean, are they more or less freaked out about it than we are? Like, but every time I see Biden on television, sort of freelancing about stuff um, at a podium and kind of looking left and right. And, you know, you can see the, you can see the thoughts going through his head. Like, is my fly open? Should we launch? Right. Like, like it's, it's like a, you know, sort of a big bowl of Cheerios in there. Um, And there's just thoughts moving around. Right, uh, right. Normally, that would be. I mean, I remember that being a little scary at the end of the Reagan years, especially since Reagan was kind of a more belligerent personality um, when it came to foreign policy. He was probably more genial in his personal life, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it freaks me out personally every time I watch him. So I try not to. But I guess, I guess the rest of the world has to watch. So what do they think? I don't know, but I think it's important for everyone who sees this kind of uh, speech to remember that every Biden appearance is the end of a long process, okay? It's a process which includes, because he doesn't do it much, a lot of preparation, uh, a lot of stage setting, a lot of coaching, um, uh, a lot of scripting, and... uh, that I'm just after imagining the, like the, you know the the, the sort of lug wrenches, you know they're 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 right. getting parts of his face in place and stuff. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and so and so after that long process comes this, you know, it, it, it uh, it's like a pea coming out of a cannon. Oh, and it, it drops to the floor. Um, but uh, I, you know, I concentrating on the. Uh, you know, material uh, significance of what he's saying. He's somehow preparing the American people or at least warning them of some, you know, direct fight between the world's two greatest nuclear superpowers. Um, and he's just doing it rather casually. Um, and, and, and I think that he's forgetting that, you know, this, this, this uh, scenario in which troops just fight sort of G.I. Joe style um, 
might be interrupted by nuclear explosions. Um, you know, will it get to that that quickly? How how long do we contemplate just fighting them on the ground before uh, it goes nuclear? I, I I'm I've never been clear on that. Yeah, I don't know, uh, but but we have to at least consider that possibility because the, uh, there was also a statement by one of the sentient members of the executive branch, uh, John Kirby. Um, should we, uh, let, let's play that one if we can. Yeah. And so we can't support Ukraine. Their chief advisor yesterday said they're likely to lose this war if they lose U.S. support. And Putin gets all of Ukraine, then what? Then where does he go? Because right then, he's up against the eastern flank of NATO. And if you think the cost of supporting Ukraine is high now, just imagine how much higher it's going to be, not just in national treasure, but in American blood, if he starts going after one of our NATO allies. Because as the president also said, we take our Article 5 commitments very seriously. So that was blood, right? Then, then he just right. said? American, American blood. It sounds like a, a movie title. Um, I'm surprised it hasn't been used. Well, you know, the important word again is if, um, you know, uh, uh, if wishes were horses, beggars would ride. And if, uh, and if Russia goes up against the eastern flank of NATO, American troops and, uh, will spill blood. Uh, it was weird because it was almost a kind of escalation from the Biden thing. Uh, I sort of thought Kirby was coming out in order to maybe save or clarify what had been an intemperate or unexpected remark from Biden, but um, but instead that's been, he that's been the he pattern, made it more gra- yeah. yeah he made it more graphic um, and uh, so so I mean talk about extortion either pay up. Uh, you know, America, or 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 have your blood spilled. Those are the those are your choices. Um, that they admitted that the Ukraine war is almost lost, except for our money, um, was kind of new. Uh, they sort of hasn't it been in. going great, gangbusters? Yeah, that was the last they thing slipped, I heard. Yeah, yeah, they slipped that in there. Oh, you mean we were one? You know, one one check away. Uh, or the lack of one check away uh, from the U.S. government, from you know, from loss, uh, and uh, apparently so. May you know that may be the secret message here is that they're lowering expectations about Ukraine and preparing to blame uh, the other side for not, you know, paying that last. Uh, installment that would have changed everything. Uh, I, I, I sense it's political because they're going into an election year with a war they've spent their credibility on and a lot of money and disrupted the economy of Europe, uh, you know, with Nord Stream, etc. And they're going to lose. And uh, it's going to be because this bill wasn't passed. Isn't it odd how um, how completely the roles have been reversed? Uh, it wasn't that long ago that the Democrats' strategy in 2004, but also in 2008, was to talk about Afghanistan as the good war, but Iraq as the lunatic crazy war. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the Democrats did, right? Right. But, but the, the, the clear thing is like, 
you know, don't call us softies. We're, 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 we're not doves or anything, you know, we're still willing to go to war. Um, just, you know, not in Iraq necessarily, or not without inspections or whatever that is. The, the Republicans are now pulling something a little similar where they're trying to uh, separate funding uh, for Ukraine for funding from Israel. I think both of I'm not sure either conflict is really popular in the end, but they, the, they're trying to sell themselves as being for one and against the other. And maybe this is the White House's way of parrying back, um, you know, on that politically by, I don't know, threatening a Holocaust or something. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but um, right, what, what right. do you, what do you think on, on that? Well, I mean, again, I, I, I think they're preparing uh, for disappointment and preparing to lay blame uh, for, you know, the failure of this proxy war. And, and has there ever been a war by proxy that's been more nakedly that, uh, you know, we send money, they die, so we don't have to. I mean, uh, the Ukrainian blood has been spilled in rivers, hmm. as, as has the Russian blood already. Um, but America has kept its hands dry while it, you know, signs checks. A and that he's suggesting is the way we should want it. Um, uh, these wars in which we actually uh, fight and die uh, are horrible things. Uh, we should be paying for others to do that. And, and that's bothered me throughout this conflict. Uh, we you know, we've gotten the weirdest reporting on all sorts of spectacular oddities, uh, uh, you know, of heroism on, on the part of the Ukrainians. And, you know, uh, we got the ins and outs of Putin's supposed health problems and so on. But the reality of all these hundreds of thousands of people dying has been almost completely expunged from, from view for Americans. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't see bodies lying in trenches, blowing apart, you know, blown apart. Um, maybe if they had, maybe if they had uh, been more graphic about that reality in the reporting, we'd be more afraid of, uh, of joining such a fight. But because the whole thing has had this abstract air about it, uh, the warnings too seem kind of notional. Walter, in, in response to all this, one of the things that kind of strikes me is that it's been it's been incredibly hard to know what they mean by anything or what's true or what's not true about any of this information because they've announced to us since the beginning of the war that the things they that they're saying may be intentional untruths. Um, this began, you know, I, I look back at this this week. There was this amazing story in the New York Times uh, last March. Fact and myth-making blend in Ukraine's information war. Experts say ghost stories like the ghost of Kiev and Snake Island, both of, of questionable veracity, are propaganda or morale boosters, or perhaps both. And they talk about how you know stories like the the, the idea that all the soldiers in Snake Island died giving the Russians the finger, which turned out not to be true, or the ghost of Kiev fighter pilot. Um, Yes, they may be a myth, but, you know, they, they quote some people online saying, why can't we just let people believe some things? Um, you know, uh, if the Russians believe it, it brings fear. If the Ukrainians believe it, it gives them hope. Then they're praising the 
the platforms for not censoring the untrue information. And then later, uh, there was a, a moment when Joe Biden said Russians might be preparing to use chemical weapons in Ukraine. Uh, and then right afterwards, in the John Kirby moment, this, uh, this time they actually came out and said, no, that's actually not true. There's no evidence of that. Um, and then there was a story in, in NBC with the headline, in, in a break with the past, U.S. is using intel to fight an info war with Russia, even when the intel isn't rock solid. And there's a whole story about how, you know, we're using information as a weapon when confidence in the accuracy of the information isn't high. Um, they're doing things just to try to get inside Putin's head. So, I mean, it's, it's a little bit unusual to announce that the, the chief executive and commander in chief may be lying like to the country on purpose. Uh, and, you know, now, now it's playing out as you might expect. Like if, if a leader, like if, if Stalin was telling all the, the Soviet citizens that uh, everything's cool, like, you know, there's no risk whatsoever of, um, you know, any kind of German invasion, although he probably actually did think that. Um, and then 10 minutes later, the, the Nazis are knocking on the door of Stalingrad and Mo Moscow. It can be kind of a shock to the population. I feel a little, it's not like that, but uh, exactly. But to be told all year that things are going great, we just need a little bit more money to get over the hump. And then all of a sudden, um, the whole area is going to be overrun and they're going to be invading a, a NATO country next if we don't, you know, with American troops shedding blood, uh, if we don't get that $61 billion. I mean, is, is that is that politics? Is that is that information warfare or is that true or what? Like, I, 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 these are the this is the peril of lying to your public, right? It's obvious information warfare from from the same people who are, you know, behind the anti-disinformation push. It's amazing. I, I, I mean, uh, here they are literally articulating a policy uh, of spreading disinformation while they try to police it. Uh, on the other hand, and they even try to police it on the topic of Ukraine while they do it. I mean, uh, one of the reasons they're so concerned about disinformation across the board is they, you know, what a liar hates most is a, another one who might challenge them. They, and and uh, uh, apparently there are no rules for them. But what wasn't included in either of these little uh uh, speeches or, or presentations was any evidence that the Russians intend to, plan to, or could overrun overrun all of Ukraine? Uh, you know, a country which they have been losing a lot of people fighting for a sliver of, um, but now apparently could gulp down like a Big Mac. Um, and uh, because there was no evidence there, or no. Um, detail. It was just a pure thought experiment and a rather ghoulish one. Um, and uh, I, I don't know what to think of it. There's not been a war in my lifetime. I can't think of one that has been more opaque to me. Uh, I, frankly, I think disinformation has been the rule uh, in, in terms of Americans' um, 
ideas about this uh, about this war. I, I I don't I can't think about think back to any period in which I felt I was being accurately informed. Uh, I know that I've been being propagandized the whole time, partly because they announced that they would and that it was good to do. Um, and, and America now is going to wake up suddenly going, what the hell? How did we lose that? We were winning right up until the last minute. Uh, it, and, and that's the, you know, that's the terrible bind they put themselves in. If, you, if I could go back in time and say, here's the reason you shouldn't be spreading these um, morale building rumors, because when they turn out not to be true, it's going to be a big uh, uh, explosion of skepticism and disgust. Yeah, and, and the frustrating thing about this is that it's a, it's a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. They do this stuff. They, they put out these legends. They tell you that they're doing it as a strategy. Then they turn out not to be true, or you find out things that are, you know, information is con contradictory. We're, we're, we're winning. We're going to be overrun in any second. This creates uh, uncertainty, distrust. Uh, you're not sure to whom to turn. You're not going to turn uh, to NBC and Ken Delanian, who was just praising that stuff, uh, this, these tactics two minutes ago. So you're going to go to an alternative source for your information. But then they, they turn around and say, after that, well, we have this problem with trust in media, and we, we need to fix it by <laughs> imposing top down controls on, you know, misinformation. And the next thing you know, you have crit critics of American foreign policy, like the gray zone, you know, their reporters are being detained and in, on the way into England or being reported to Twitter or, you know, having their GoFundMe stopped or, you know, or it's consortium news blocked by NewsGuard or whatever it is. You see what I'm saying? Like they create the trust problem by, by doing this thing. By being untrustworthy. Cool. Right. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, yeah. The only, the only solution to the lack of trust, to the trust 